What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. I'm your host, LJ Nessler, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Samuel Goldberg, and today we are finally getting into wide receivers for fantasy football. We'll be running down our elite wide receivers, our first and second round wide receivers in fantasy football drafts. Sam, what do you got for today? Just what are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I'm kind of, I know we were talking before we, uh, we started recording and our lists are kind of different, uh, for our top 15 guys. So this should be kind of interesting. And, uh, also to our viewers at home, uh, keep in mind that we are basing this off of PPR leagues, just to give you, just to give you kind of that perspective of why we rank these wide receivers the way we do for PPR. It is a redraft point per reception league. We are not doing a standard fantasy league. Dynasty PPR, you could kind of interpret into this that if you want to look at the younger guys, like you wouldn't draft Julio Jones as high as we have him here, and you'd probably draft Devontae Smith or CeeDee Lamb a little bit higher. But you said our lists are very different. That's the glory of wide receivers. You look at running backs, you got your running backs. Everybody knows who's going to give you what every single week. So if you don't get those top five to six running backs in fantasy football, your team does not have a shot to win a championship. But wide receivers, there are so many wide receivers that you could realistically get. There's just so many good wide receivers. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen. But I think we can all agree Tyree Kill is the top fantasy football receiver in the NFL today, right now, with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. I think everybody can agree on that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Tyree Kill is just arguably, honestly, he's he, just one of the undoubtedly greatest wide receivers uh, to grace the football field. I mean, just his speed, the his catchability. I mean, fantasy owners were kind of upset last season when he had that touchdown in the end zone that didn't count that the Chiefs didn't review. Uh, like This man's insane. He can catch pretty much anything, and I love him, especially in PPR leagues. And one thing you have to know, there's some very good quarterback, wide receiver duos on this list, but you have the best quarterback in throwing to the best wide receiver in the NFL and arguably throwing to the best tight end in the NFL. So you know you're going to get fantasy points for Tyree Kill. Undoubtedly, you're going to get 20 points a game. He's the one wide receiver I would justify drafting in the top 10. Otherwise, it's all running backs. Sam, do you think there's any other wide receiver in fantasy football, PPR leagues, that should be drafted in the top 10? Uh, For PPR, uh, honestly, the one case you could make for drafting him in the top 10 for PPR is Michael Thomas, slant boy. Um, I mean, if he just wants to run slants all day, and get like 10, 12 receptions a game, that's 10, 12 points right there. And then however many yards that he'll give you a game, which will, I, which who knows, which who knows, we'll see, we'll see their quarterback situation, but whoever, whoever it is, their favorite target's going to be Michael Thomas this year. So I could honestly argue Michael Thomas in the top 10 for, for PPR, either than that draft your first wide receiver, uh, second, third round. Michael Thomas is without Drew Brees. He was called Slant Boy because Drew Brees could not really throw the football more than 10, 15 yards down the field. In the small sample size, we saw Taysom Hill as the quarterback. He's not as good as Drew Brees. He's not 
Not at all. But he is younger, he's more athletic, and he can throw the football down the field. Michael Thomas was used to down the field, but I just don't think without Drew Brees, he's going to get all those slant receptions. I think they're going to run the football more with Taysom Hill, and Alvin Kamara is going to get a lot of receptions. I just don't think Michael Thomas will replicate his 2019 record-breaking year in receptions, setting the record for passes caught. There's one receiver I could justify drafting in the top 10, not named Tyreek Hill. And honestly, it it would be tough for me to draft Tyreek Hill in the first round. I would only do it at pick 9 or 10 if all the top backs were off the board. But this one wide receiver I would justify drafting around 9 or 10 would be Devontae Adams, only if Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. Now, I have Devontae Adams ranked fourth on my list. I think he's the second best wide receiver in the NFL. But for fantasy PPR... Without Aaron Rodgers, I still think he's going to be great. He was great in 2017 without Aaron Rodgers. I believe Brent Huntley was the quarterback. Yeah, you he had like a-, a mixture of quarterbacks there in Green Bay. You had like Brent Huntley. You had that guy from Notre Dame that was originally on the Browns. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. That's how that's how irrelevant their they had their quarterback situation was in 2017. So uh, Devontae Adams has made it work before, and that's why he's pretty high in both of our lists. Yes, but I think if Aaron Rodgers is there, he would arguably be the top receiver in fantasy football. But let's be real. Aaron Rodgers is not going to return to Green Bay. So we can get that out the door. That's just a hypothetical. In all likelihood, Jordan Love is going to be their quarterback. I still think Devontae Adams has an amazing year. I just don't think it's going to be the year it was in 2020 where he was spectacular. All right, LJ, it's time to dive into our top 15s here. Let's, let's, let's go. So obviously number one for PPR, Tyree kill undoubtedly, if he's there, like you're drafting like 10th in a 10 man league or 12th in a 12 man league. And you get that first pick next round draft Tyree kill in the first round, do yourself a favor, get yourself your wide receiver one, and then go get yourself running back number one, which by the way, if you're curious about our running back projections, you should check out episode 10. That has our fantasy running backs, uh, just tier list and all that jazz. And anywho, so for number two, so number two for me for wide receivers, right? Devontae Adams. I, th- I honestly think that Jordan Love will throw to him a lot because he's a trust. He's a trustable wide receiver. I don't even know if that's a word trustable. Guess what? It is today. Uh, for me, Devontae Adams... He what what I love about Devontae Adams is that he can adjust to any situation. And as we alluded to earlier, 2017, he had guys like Deshaun Kaiser, the guy from Notre Dame who originally played in college, just had to find that off the top of my head. Uh, Brett Hudley, I mean, and he still put up amazing numbers. I still think Devontae Adams is a high draft fantasy value. And if it gets to that point where he's putting up only 15, 20 points a game, there's still, there's still, you could get that one person in your league that loves Devontae Adams and trade him. There's still a high trade value as well there for Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah, I agree. I have DeAndre Hopkins second on my list. A year ago, if I said DeAndre Hopkins was the most underrated receiver in the NFL, that would be ridiculous to say. But with how social media works nowadays, you have one year where you're not the best receiver in football and don't get me wrong DeAndre Hopkins was spectacular last year 
He had an amazing year. I believe he had over 1,400 yards receiving. He was just spectacular. But there were, he was outshined by Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and even Stefan Diggs, which is not a bad thing. But people just kind of not forget, but they kind of just, I guess you could say forget. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how somebody will be great and then they'll replicate that same production, but then they won't, in other people's minds, they won't be as great. But DeAndre Hopkins is second on my list. They got Rondale Moore in the second round. The Cardinals did. I think that gives them another weapon that teams have to worry about. So with James Conner out of the backfield, Kyler Murray's running ability, DeAndre Hopkins has the ability to give you 20 points a game. I think he's going to be great. And I think his red zone receptions are something that we could really see go up as a PPR fantasy football production. A lot of fantasy owners would love to see that. Third on my list, I have Steph on digs he really broke out in buffalo buffalo was the perfect situation for him to kind of mature alongside josh allen they got their offensive coordinator back for another year they're not going to be running the football it's going to be josh allen to stefan Diggs. they were the best quarterback wide receiver combo in the nfl statistically last year mahomes and hill are better but there's so many great quarterback wide receiver duos The top five wide receivers on my list all have elite quarterbacks. If Aaron Rodgers plays for Green Bay, then it would be Jordan Love. He's not an elite quarterback. But that's what you need in fantasy football. You need that elite quarterback wide receiver duo. Or if you have a guy like, let's say, Terry McLaurin, who could be an elite wide receiver in the NFL, he has not shown that he is that level, but he has the potential. But he's had bad quarterback play. So that's really affected his PPR stock. You know, LJ, guess what? I have Stefan Diggs at three on my list as well. So I'm glad we can agree on something here. Um, oh yeah, Stefan Diggs is I I I mean now it's 17 games. Oh my god, he could easily be in that fifteen hundred yard uh receive receiving yards this year, probably even more, because it's literally him and Josh Allen. Like they're like they're the dynamic duo there, and that like Stefan Diggs is a must draft for fantasy owners. Stefan Diggs, in my opinion, is the best route runner in the NFL. He's going to he's going to run those five, six yard out in sharp cut routes, as I like to call them, those little hitch routes. So that's going to get you a lot of PPR points. But Stefan Diggs can do absolutely everything, and he's just he's going to thrive. I think he's going to have a 110-catch, 1,400-yard season. I just think DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree Kill, they're just that good. Devontae Adams, we've talked about him. I have him fourth on my list. DK Metcalf, is this the year DK Metcalf certifies himself as an elite wide receiver in the NFL? I mean, here's the thing about DK Metcalf, right? I like I like DK Metcalf as a wide receiver. I do. However, I just I just think he just I don't know. There's something that rubs me wrong about him, uh, honestly. And I mean I don't I don't know. Like I had him on my I had him on my roster uh, last year, and it was just a stressful time, uh, especially with DK Metcalf because he had that game against the Cowboys, that single-handed boneheaded play that he had. 
where he just celebrated his touchdown and fumbled it out of the end zone. That play alone cost me 19 points and cost me my fantasy. So I I, I have a little bit of uh, angry bias towards DK Metcalf. He's a little bit lower on my list, but I just think he gets too many receptions stolen uh, from not stolen, but like, uh, like not the offensive, like the offensive touches are just going to be spread out with that team. Because you also have Tyler Lockett on the on his other side as well, who's the more trustworthy, reliable wide receiver. DK Metcalf has had some has a, has had a little bit of drop issues as well, and that's also a little bit stressful as well for fantasy owners. So honestly, DK Metcalf is, believe it or not, a boomer bust pick in my mind. Oh yeah, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both boomer bust guys. I think that's where the list kind of dips off. You got your four. I'd say elite wide receivers in the NFL with Hill, Hopkins, Diggs, and Adams. And obviously Julio Jones is an elite wide receiver. Same thing with Michael Thomas and some other guys lower down on the list. But for fantasy purposes, the four guys, the top four, they're going to give you those points. And you know they're going to give you 20 a game. DK Metcalf, he had that 40-point game earlier in the season against San Francisco. 161 yards, two touchdowns. He was great to start off the year, but then against Arizona, two catches, 23 yards. Against Los Angeles, two catches, 28 yards. Against Arizona, again, three catches, 46 yards. And then later in the season against Los Angeles, only six catches for 59 yards. And really towards the end of the season, he didn't have a game with more than six catches after week 13 in the last five, six games of the year. So DK Metcalf is most certainly boomer bust. And he's in a tough division with some great cornerbacks. He's playing Jalen Ramsey twice a year. Against the Rams, DK Metcalf is a bench. Get him on your bench. He's going to do absolutely nothing against Jalen Ramsey. He's had struggles against the Cardinals in his career. He had that big game against San Francisco with over 40 fantasy points. And then he did nothing. He had the worst game of his year in the second matchup. So DK Metcalf is in a tough division. I think he has the potential to break out and really dominate, but he has to be more consistent this year. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you're consistent, and he's honestly considered a wide receiver too uh, in Seattle uh, in the depth chart. And as a wide receiver too, you're expected to do some every week. You're there for a reason. And he's just not, he's not, as consistent as the Seahawks Seahawks would like him to be. So LJ, now that we got our top four guys out of the way, arguably top four guys wide receiver wise in fantasy football, I kind of want to move into our, you know, our differences here between five through 15, starting at number five in my wide receiver list for fantasy football this year is Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason why I have Calvin Ridley marked so high is because it's, just him at the number one guy, like no more Julio Jones. I mean, you could argue that he has Tajay Sharp and Russell Gage to share targets with, but he doesn't. Honestly, they're not taking targets like, away from him. Yeah, exactly. They're not taking any targets away from him. Calvin really is going to have a monster season this year. I'm talking 1500 yard plus season for him because he's the, he's going to be the guy in, in Atlanta. Now you could argue that, um, their rookie tight end uh, from Florida. Can't think of his name. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, thank you. 
honestly, Kyle Pitts, he could steal a couple of Calvin Ridley's uh, targets, but honestly, I'm not too concerned about that. However, Kyle Pitts is a potential tight end to uh, target, which we will get that. We will get into our tight ends in a later episode, but Calvin Ridley, 1500 yard plus season, double digit touchdowns this year. Draft him, draft him, draft him. Last year, Calvin Ridley was the fifth ranked PPR wide receiver. The thing with Calvin Ridley is he's spectacular. Fourth in standard leagues, fifth in PPR. But he had 143 targets last year and 90 catches. Kind of a bad efficiency. He had 93 targets and 63 catches the year before. And in his rookie year, 92 targets, 64 catches. He had 10 touchdowns, 7 touchdowns, 9 touchdowns. I think... Calvin Ridley has a 1,400-yard season, a 80-yard, 80-catch, 90-catch, 1,400-yard season. I only think five, six touchdowns, though. So I think that kind of dips his production because you need those touchdowns in fantasy football. I think if Ridley got some more end zone targets, I could boost him up to number five over DK Metcalf. And I do think Calvin Ridley is more likely to break out than DK Metcalf. It's really about who's going to break out. I think DK Metcalf's in a better situation being a number two wide receiver. Yes, DK Metcalf's boomer bust. Yes, Calvin Ridley's boomer bust. But DK Metcalf is going to be... He's going to have a lot of pressure taken off of him with Tyler Lockett opposite. Calvin Ridley, yes, has Kyle Pitts in the tight end position. But unless your name's Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, you're not really going to take as much pressure off. And yes, Kyle Pitts is generational. It's going to take him some time to get settled into the NFL, but he's not going to have the Julio Jones effect. I just don't think Calvin Ridley has an amazing fantasy season. I think 1400 yards and 90 catches is great. I just think those touchdowns are around five to six and that kind of dips his production. But I have Justin Jefferson seventh on my list. I think Jefferson's in the same boat as Ridley. He's not going to get those red zone touches. I think Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, and Dalvin Cook get a lot of the red zone touches, either receiving or running the football. I think Jefferson has 100 catches this year for over 1,400 yards, but I just don't think that that red zone production is there. Same thing with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I agree. And speaking about Justin Jefferson, I have six on my list right below Calvin Ridley. Justin Jefferson is honestly... I mean, he had a monster season last year. And the one the one narrative saying, like, oh, Justin Jefferson is miles better than uh, Jalen Rager. Yes, he is. I mean, there's a reason why the kid went to LSU, right? There's a reason. However... He was only a two-star recruit, though. He, was, he wasn't going to play at LSU, but he, he worked his tail off to get playing time. He wasn't supposed to play at all. Exactly. The, and Justin Jefferson was put in a dream scenario, a dream scenario. Stefan Diggs gets traded to Buffalo, and now all they have is Adam Thielen, right? They don't have a number two guy. What, their number two guy was what, like Chad Beebe or something like that? You add Justin Jefferson into that number two spot, he can do whatever the heck he wants to. Of course, the man's going to succeed. Like. He's on a number two corner. I mean, he's in the dream scenario. And he's in the dream scenario again this year. 
Justin Jefferson is a must draft in your fantasy football leagues. He's he's him and Thielen. I feel like Jeff, Justin Jefferson's going to have the better season than Adam Thielen. Um, Adam Thielen is kind of more uh, your, I would say, mid round type of guy. Uh, he can still put up production numbers. I just don't think you should draft him over a lot of guys that I have on uh, on this list. Justin Jefferson is an outstanding wide receiver. He's in the best situation possible out of all wide receivers on this list. I like that hot take. Best position out of all wide receivers. And the thing with ranking these wide receivers, I may get a lot of hate for having Ridley so low and having Julio Jones over Ridley. But you have your four elite wide receivers, the top four we talked about it. And then Michael Thomas, you could argue he's an elite wide receiver in the NFL. And then you got all the other stars below him. Different levels of stars, but they're all stars. Mm-hmm. Guys like DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson, and then AJ Brown, who I have eighth, and Julio Jones, who I have ninth on my list. All of those guys, they have other receivers to take the pressure off. Even a guy like Devontae Adams does not have the pressure taken off him. He's just that good of a receiver. Same thing with Stefan Diggs. Hopkins and Hill have the pressure taken off a little bit. Ridley kind of has the pressure taken off, but Kyle Pitts, as good of a prospect as he is, he is an unknown variable. Unknown variable. So it will be interesting to see that. But I agree with your take on Justin Jefferson. If the Eagles drafted him at 21, I don't think he would have had that production. I think he would have had a down year. I think he'd have had over 800, 900 yards. But I do think Justin Jefferson is a better player than Jalen Rager. That's undisputed. Justin Jefferson has the potential to be one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. And he had the best rookie season a receiver had. But can he take that next step in his game? That is unknown. But we really don't know if he can. And in Mm -hmm. his whole career, it's noteworthy. Justin Jefferson, the last two years of his playing career, he had Jamar Chase, who was a top five pick in the NFL draft, picked a number five by Cincinnati as the top guy, and then Adam Thielen as the top guy the year before. So in two years, when Thielen really starts to dip off, it could be next year, it could be the year after, Thielen is on the wrong side of 30. Will Justin Jefferson be that number one guy? When he's double teamed like a Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, can he get you those fantasy points? That is unknown to see. So Dynasty Leagues, yes, Justin Jefferson is a must-take in the first or second round of Dynasty Leagues, and he may be as high as number two on my list in a Dynasty League, but it is unknown to see what he can do as a number one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a couple moving further down in my list, too. Uh, At 7, I DK Metcalf. Uh, So... I mean, we kind of have him in the same range there uh, for DK Metcalf. But uh, I want to talk about my number eight spot. Uh, I think him and this guy who I have at 15, I feel like this guy's these two P players are going to be incredible this year. At number eight, I have A.J. Brown. Ooh. I have A.J. Brown at eight, and I have Julio Jones at 15. 15. So, wow. yes. I have Julio Jones at 15. I have A.J. Brown at 8. Part of my dog in the background, if you can hear that. Honestly, my dog loves fantasy football. Anywho, A.J. Brown. uh, I cannot wait to see the dynamic duo of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown this year. Both of them are going to have over a 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Wow, excuse me. And both of them will have over double-digit touchdowns. 
and I and yes, even with Derrick Henry there, that offense is just juiced. I mean, any one of them, uh, both of them are going to have great games every week because it's Julio Jones and AJ Brown. I mean, Julio Jones is more of the boomer bust every week, but AJ Brown is a surefire number one guy to get you to get you points every game. Now, however, since we're talking about PPR, the reason why he's a little lower on my list, he'll honestly get you that probably seven to nine receptions a game rather than guys like Calvin Ridley who could have 10 to 12. So honestly, A.J. Brown is more of your seven to nine receptions a game kind of guy with a lot of receiving yards and possibly a touchdown. That's why he's lower on my list. I have A.J. Brown eighth on my list. Julio Jones is a little lower on my list because A, he's coming off of an injury, and B, he may be the third option behind Henry and A.J. Brown, and yet I will think he has a 10-touchdown season over 1,000 yards. I think Brown has more receiving yards, less touchdowns. I think the teams try to take away Henry and Brown in the red zone. That leaves Julio Jones one-on-one in the red zone, which is a nightmare for defenses. So it'll be interesting to see how the A.J. Brown-Julio Jones duo does, but I think they're evenly matched just because Derrick Henry is going to take so much pressure off of you in the run game. Now, LJ, I kind of, I, I feel like we should, I feel like we should, um, you know, kind of round out here our top 15s here. Honestly, just it's kind of a stand of where we're at. For me, all right. I'll I'll read you off my I'll read you off my remaining guys here from nine through fifteen, and number nine Michael Thomas because I just don't know. Yes, I know Michael Thomas at number nine. I don't quite know that quarterback situation yet. That kind of scares me. Um, I I say take Michael Thomas with caution, uh, just because you don't know who they're going to have a quarterback. If it's Seamus Winston or Taysom Hill. You really don't know. It's kind of a toss-up because Michael Thomas has only had Drew Brees for his career. So we really don't know that situation, what's going to happen. Number 10, Keenan Allen. Love Keenan Allen. He's going to have a great season this year, especially with Herbert as his quarterback. Them two just have a great connection. And expect Keenan Allen to get you 10 receptions a game for almost 100-plus yards every game. Number 11, I love Allen Robinson II uh, from Chicago. I feel like he's going to have an incredible year this year, fantasy-wise. I just love the kid. Uh, Again, their quarterback situation is a little bit iffy, but Robinson is a fantastic wide receiver, and I think no matter who his quarterback is, he'll get his targets and he'll get his receptions. Uh, 12, I have Terry McLaurin from Washington. I think he's going to do great things this year with Heineke and Fitzpatrick. I I absolutely love McLaurin, and I think with Curtis Samuel as well, with the addition of him, that'll take a little bit of pressure off of him this year because he finally has a wide receiver too. Uh, Amari Cooper enters the top 15 at 13. Uh, I like Amari Cooper, uh, especially with Dak Prescott back. Uh, I feel like his targets will be bolstered and his receiving yards will be bolstered. And 14, I have Chris Godwin from Tampa Bay. Chris, it's Chris Godwin. He's got the go at quarterback, and Chris Godwin is more of your uh, in-the-middle-of-the-field uh type guys so you'll see him getting 10 12 receptions a game Uh, might not be for 100 plus yards so you can't get that 100 plus yards bonus but it's 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 Chris Godwin and he'll get you your fantasy points every week and then as I alluded to earlier Julio Jones at 15. 
I like that. We have a little bit of a different list. I don't have Godwin in my top 15 just because of the stacked receiving room. And at 11, I have Keenan Allen. I think he's going to do great things. We both agree on that. Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen is going to be a great duo. They lost Hunter Henry, who really was a surefire middle-of-the-field tight end. Keenan Allen will probably be the guy to take up the majority of those scripted targets, the plays that are called for him. So I think Keenan Allen can do great things, and I think he could be a top-five fantasy receiver. And I think all the guys in the 14, my 14 to 5 range, even my 15 to 5 range, I think all these guys could be top 5 fantasy wide receivers. It's just, it's so tough to rank these wide receivers after the top 4. It's really so difficult. At 12, I have C.D. Lamb. I think one Dallas wide receiver has to be in the top 15 for sure. I think C.D. Lamb's the most talented. He was averaging 20 points a game before Dak Prescott went down the first five games of his career. CeeDee Lamb is going to break out next year. I think he could be a top five fantasy wide receiver. It's unknown if he's going to be the number one guy. I think it's him or Amari Cooper is the number one guy. I think they could look to trade Michael Gallup to kind of get value for a a soon-to-be-expiring contract because you got to pay Amari Cooper, and it would be silly to choose Michael Gallup over CeeDee Lamb. But Jerry Jones, if you're watching this, please choose Michael Gallup over C.D. Lamb. Please (laughs) let C.D. Lamb be a free agent in a few years. He still has four years left on his contract. That's going to be fun dealing with Dak and C.D. for the next 50 years, it seems like. But 13, I have Mike Evans. I think one Tampa Bay wide receiver has to be in there with Antonio Brown, Godwin, and Mike Evans. We both agree on that. I, I forget if you have Mike Evans in your top 15. I know you've got one in there. Do you have Mike Evans mm-hmm. in there? Nope. Mike Evans, I have at 17, which we'll get into our, which we'll get into our, uh, those wide receivers in a later episode. So Mike Evans at 13, I think last year he was red zone dependent. And I think he will be red zone dependent this year again, but I think he's going to get those red zone touches. He's kind of a boom or bust guy. But every year of his career, Mike Evans has had 1,000 yards. I believe he's the first receiver ever in the se- in the first seven years of your career to have over 1,000 yards each year, which is incredible. You know exactly what you're going to get. But he is a little touchdown dependent to get those points. 14, Allen Robinson. That connection between Justin Fields and Allen Robinson is going to be insane. But I hit a little lower on the list than I would like to. Because Matt Nagy is an absolute awful head coach. He said that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback right now. And in whose right mind, and in your right mind, why would you choose Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback over Justin Fields? Yeah, I know Andy Dalton's a 10-year veteran. But Andy Dalton brings nothing to a football team. He really, just veteran leadership, no talent. Justin Fields is going to bring you all the talent. You give up all those first-round picks to go draft Justin Fields and then you have a head coach like Matt Nagy saying, oh, no, you're not going to play. They said the Patrick Mahomes City Year blueprint, that's the blueprint they're using for Justin Fields. So Allen Robinson in a redraft league, meh. And, but he may be on the move. He could be on the move. We could see him going somewhere like potentially... Maybe Los Angeles Chargers. 
I really don't know. There's not a lot of great teams that have the assets to give up for Allen Robinson, uh, but I think he will get traded at some point if the Bears are bad. 15, Terry McLaurin. I think, like you said, Curtis Samuel takes pressure off. Fitzpatrick or Henneke is the starter. I think it will be Fitzpatrick. Just one quick note. Did you see those kindergarten cards they made for the first day of class cards? Those are the most cringy thing ever. Oh, my God. Don't with, get me started. Don't with the, get me started. With, with the Giants releasing a Fortnite video of their schedule on Twitter, which was <sighs> hilariously embarrassing for New York. And then the Washington football team releasing a video of first grade first day of class cards that looked like they were made by a kindergartner. That's kind of funny to see. I love to see it. I love to see NFC East teams embarrass themselves. It makes my Eagles social media team look good, actually. But getting back onto fantasy football, Terry McLaurin, I think he has a big year with Curtis Samuel taking some pressure off. And even Deami Brown is a deep threat, best deep threat in the draft, in my opinion, taking some pressure off over the top. Now, LJ, I know I could talk wide receivers and fantasy football with you for forever, but we're, we're out of time here for today. Yeah, we will do. Let's see. We'll, we'll do like, what, 16 to 30 next episode? Probably, yeah. Mid-round wide receivers. And one last note I want to add on here. I would say that the top 10 from Calvin Ridley to Tyree Kill from 10 to 1, I would say those are your receivers that you would draft in the first three rounds. Your Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, Robinson, and McLaurin are more your fourth, the fifth, sixth round receivers. But wide receivers, you really, besides the top four, from 5 to 15, you could order this any way you want to order this. It's so tough to grade wide receivers, unlike running backs or running backs. You know the production receivers. You don't. It's so tough to do that. But anyway, Sam, is there any last word you want to add on before we conclude today's episode featuring wide receivers in fantasy football? No, not at all. But, uh, well, actually, I do have some stuff to say. I really hope you guys come out and check out our next episode, which will dive deep and cut into those number one, number two guys as well that are, that you're kind of stuck on drafting. Uh, we'll tell you uh, if you should draft them or not. There's some kind there's some really good names. Like we'll give you a sneak preview here on my list. I have guys like DJ Moore, uh, CD lamb, Tyler Lockett and Cooper cup. couple of those guys will get into depth and what their situations look like in the next episode. And LJ, that's all for me. That's all I got. Well, thank you guys for sticking around for the entire episode, and we will see you next time on the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. Goodbye.